It is a privilege to be here to share with God's Word. The theme for this month is Life Lesson from the Bible Characters. And today we're going to look at the life of Moses. Moses. So far, we have covered Abraham, a life of legacy. Jacob, only by grace. Joseph, providence of God. And today, as mentioned, we're going to talk about Moses. And next week, finale, we have our senior pastor to share with us about Joshua. And he's the only one who will bring us into the promised land. <laughs> but for now, for now, let's uh, step back and let's learn from this godly man, a fascinating character, Moses. Moses. I thought it would be interesting if we could get Moses to introduce himself to us. So a few days ago, I did a Zoom interview with Moses and recorded the session for us. So are you ready to meet Moses? Wow, wonderful. So let's watch the recording, shall we? Hi, Moses. Moses. Here I am. Hi. Yeah, good to see you. Wow, nice uh, background. Mm. Um, are you ready for the interview? Okay, let me check. Oh, yes, I'm ready. All right. Uh, Moses, we're going to talk to the church about you today. Really? That will take you a few days. A, a few days. Uh, we don't have a few days. I only given 40 minutes. 40 minutes? Oh, that is not enough. Do you need me to talk to the person in charge? Oh, uh, okay, no need, no need. Okay, change topic, uh, change topic. We, we, we just want to talk to you about you. How about, uh, give, us, give us a short introduction of yourself. Sure, I am Moses, the humblest man on the earth. That's it. That's really short. Uh, how about telling us a little bit more, like, what does the name Moses mean? Sure, Moses means, I draw you out of the water. What? What's that? Um, but why? It's all in the Bible. Pastor, have you been reading your Bible? Uh, uh, of course I do. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm just testing you. Uh, okay, another question. All right. Someone once said this, your life can be divided into three seasons. The first 40 years as a prince of Egypt, the next 40 years as a shepherd in the wilderness, and the last 40 years as a great man of God. Do you agree? What did you just say? My man's not so good. But it sounds correct. Uh, okay, it's fine. Uh, okay, just one more question. Right. Uh, you've seen so many miracles. The templates, opening up the Red Sea, uh, water flowing out of the rock. Which is the one that is most special to you? Pastor, all that you mentioned are all external and temporal. But what is more important is what God is doing for me and in me. A journey within. A journey within. Oh, sounds interesting. Tell us more. In the early years of my life, I struggled with man and God. But the Lord did not give up on me. He continued to teach me and to guide me in the journey of knowing who I am 
using what I have and seeking what I need. Wow, knowing who you are, using what you have and seeking what you need. Wow, looks like you've just given me the three points for the message this weekend. Oh, great. Then you must preach it, brother. Preach it. Moses, Moses. I think somebody is calling me. I need to go. Huh? So fast? Uh, I mean, just, just one last question before you go. Uh, I always wonder, why do you call yourself the humblest man on earth? Doesn't, doesn't sound very uh, humble. Oh, they're simple. Because the rest of the people are very proud. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, now makes sense. Moses! Moses! Okay, I need to go. I think Joshua is calling me. Joshua? Oh, please send our regards to him because we're going to talk about him next week. We'll do, we'll do. Thank you so much, Moses. So I see you again, all right? Okay, see you, Moses. Bye. Okay, bye, bye. 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 All right. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Okay, if you want Moses' autograph, he will be here tomorrow for service. <laughs> so now, how many of you managed to register the three points for today's message? Wow, no one. Okay, I think we better play this again. All right, but not now, not now, all right? Okay, isn't it true that sometimes when we read the Bible, this becomes just stories that we can find? The truth is, they are real people. Real people who have walked with God. And there's so much that we can learn from them. Not just what God has done for them, but also what God has done in them. And that brings us to the topic for today. A journey within. A journey within. If you miss it, then this journey involves knowing who you are, asking, using what you have, and seeking what you need. It's a journey that God also wants us to walk through, if you are willing. But before we zoom into this study today, let's ask God to speak to us. Shall we pray? Eternal God and Heavenly Father, we come before you and give thanks to you for the life of Moses. Not just a story, but he walked with you. Now even as your children come before you, Open our eyes to behold wonderful truths out of your holy scriptures. As your servant, dearly loved by you, speak for your words. May the words that come out from my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Now church, many believe that Moses is the author of the first five books of the Bible, Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The life of Moses can be found in the four books that are highlighted for us. To cover the story of Moses meaningfully within this short time that we have, I'm going to use some questions to guide us in our learning today. So if you are ready, sit tight and let me narrate for you the story of Moses. Once upon a time, in a far away land, Egypt. The Hebrews were enslaved by the Egyptians. Not only were the Hebrews good with their hands in building, they are also very good in producing babies. Growing from 70 to 2 millions. Wow, that is almost 30,000% growth 
within 430 years. But the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was not very happy with this huge, terrifying number. Therefore, he decided to throw all the Hebrew baby boys into the Nile River. It was then a Hebrew mother hit a baby boy to a point that she could not do so anymore. She placed the baby in a basket and put it in the Nile River. Amazingly, the baby was picked up by the daughter of Pharaoh, has given the name Moses, meaning one who was drawn out of the water, who would one day be used by God to draw God's people out of Egypt. What an amazing name. And as the son of the daughter of Pharaoh, Moses became the prince of Egypt overnight. However, Moses knew who he was. He was a Hebrew. Therefore, as a young man, he saw how his people were mistreated and of anger, he killed one of the Egyptians. He thought that no one would ever know but one day while he was trying to stop a fight between two Hebrews slaves, one of them asked him, Who make you a prince and judge over us? Meaning, who do you think you are, Moses? Do you mean to kill me as you kill the Egyptians? Aha! Uh -huh. It was no longer a secret anymore. Not only that a Hebrew slave knew about it, now all of us also know. Out of fear, Moses fled from Egypt to Midian. But what Moses did not know was that God was about to begin a journey of a deep work within him. And that's also what God wants to do for us. That brings us to the first point for the day. A journey of knowing who we are. You see, I'm now 45 turning 46. I've learned a few lessons about who I am over the decades. In my 20s, I often thought about what people thought about me. In my 30s, I realized the importance of not to think about what people thought about me. In my 40s, I discovered that not many people are thinking about me. <laughs> How about in my 50s? I'll tell you when I get there. But I wish that the day will come that what matters most is what God thinks about me. And that begins with this question. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? D.L. Moody put it this way. Moses spent 40 years thinking that he was somebody, the next 40 years learning that he was a nobody. The prince of Egypt became a shepherd overnight. Genesis chapter 46 verse 34 tells us this. Shepherds were detestable in the eyes of the Egyptians. They were regarded as the least significance among them all. From the top to the bottom, from the head to the tail, from a prince to a porter, from on high to the lowest, something was happening. Something was happening inside Moses, and for the next 40 years, he remained a nobody. But the story did not end there because 40 years later, whoa, 
God appeared to Moses in a burning bush with the intent to use him to deliver his people out of Egypt. While the burning bush was burning, God was about to set Moses' heart on fire again. However, the question in Egypt, who do you think you are, Moses? Stick deep in the mind of Moses, reminding him, you are a nobody, Moses. How do we know? Because Exodus chapter 3 then tells us this when God spoke to Moses. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. I've seen the way of the Egyptians are opposing them. So now go, Moses. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring the people out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I to bring them out? But God said, I will be with you. After hearing and seeing what happened, God wants to send Moses. But God also realized that something was wrong inside Moses. He asked, Who am I? And God replied, Was, I will be with you. God, you are not answering his question. I remember there was once I asked my wife, What do you want to eat? She said, Don't forget to buy toilet paper. You're not answering my question, you know. But God was answering Moses' question. For it is not who we are, but who God is. And God is going to do it with us. He is with us and that is enough. You may sometimes you know, wonder, you know, as we look at the Bible, we're familiar with the stories. But sometimes we miss out the keywords that God wants to use to communicate truths to us. Let's take a look at just two of them today. And the first one is this word, Moses, Moses. These are the two, uh, these are the two words that first God used to speak to Moses. It was an Egyptian name, commonly used to name gods and pharaohs. For example, Mos, Tamos, and Kamos. Made me feel like eating Mos burger. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it true that names often command a sense of destiny? These are names of great potential, power, possibility. But Moses, no more. No more. You are nobody. You are nobody. You are Moses. The second word is the word Egypt. If you ever get to ask Moses, this question, is there one place on earth that you will never want to step in ever again? What would that place be? I believe the answer would be Egypt. Why? Because Egypt reminds him of his failure. Egypt reminds him of his fully. Egypt reminds him of his fear. Egypt reminds him of who he is. And to answer Moses' question, who am I? You are a failure. You are a fool. You are a murderer. And you are Moses. That's who you are. Because something inside Moses died the day when he left Egypt. So please, know Egypt for me. Hence Moses said to God, God, pardon me. Please, send someone else. Please, send someone else. Yet this was just the beginning of God working in Moses to make him 
to be the man he wanted him to be. You see, I grew up in a Mandarin and Hokkien speaking family, listening to Hokkien songs like I Pia Acha E Nya. Okay, sound a bit, I'll tune, but you get the point. All right. So, my family doesn't speak English. Without much help, I failed my English when I was in P5 and even my O level. And that left a scar in me. I know deep inside, I always wanted to be a teacher. But my greatest fear was to teach English, especially all the subjects in English. After I was accepted by Ministry of Education, I was so happy. But as a primary school teacher, I was trained in NIE to teach English, Maths and Science. After I was posted to the school, I still remember my principal asked me, all right, before you start work on Monday, is there anything that you want to ask me? I took up the courage and said, can I don't teach English? She replied, I thought you are trained. I said, I am, but not, not very good. Yeah. Then she said, it's okay, you will get better at it. The first few years, I was teaching P3 and P4, all the three subjects, and for English. I did it with fear and trembling. One hand with the dictionary, the other one with prayer, right? asking God to help me. But God is so gracious. He sent many along the way to help me, actually to correct me. And you know what's the best part? The best part is this. I fell in love with a girl and married her. She's an English teacher. <laughs> so usually after the message, I will have English remedial, free of charge at home. As I reflect upon this, I ask myself this question. Who am I? Who am I? I failed. I didn't study hard. I have my fears. Who am I? But I have a God who believes in me, who loves me enough to tutor me. And through it all, God shows me this. It is not about who you are, but who God is and He's with us today. So my brothers and sisters, do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know who God is? And do you know that God is with us? And each one of you is precious in His sight. And what matters most is what God had to say about us. So do you know what God has to say about you? I have a list here. The list tells us this is what God want us to know who we are. So may I just get you to repeat these words after me at the count of three. I am a child of God. I'm complete in Christ. I'm a member of His body. I'm free from condemnation. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm God's temper. I'm God's co-worker. I'm God's workmanship. I'm dearly loved. Totally forgiven. Completely accepted by God. And all God's people say, Amen. Do you really believe it? Do you really believe what you just said? Believe it. Because this is the truth. Believe it with all your heart.
because this is what God says about us. So don't ever forget who you are as you allow God to work in you in this journey within. Only when we know who we are, that's where God can use what we have for His glory. That brings us to the second point for the day. And that is, this journey involves of using what we have. And the story of Moses continues. Moses was not keen of going back to Egypt. He gave many reasons for doing so, and we're going to take a look at one of them, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Behold, Israelite will not believe me and listen to my voice and say that the Lord did not appear to me. The Lord then said to Moses, What is in your hand? He said, A staff. Throw it on the ground. And he threw it on the ground and became a serpent. Moses ran from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand and catch it with, by the tear. And Moses put out his hand and caught it and became a staff in his hand. Then they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to you. Interestingly, God did not give Moses anything else but ask Moses, what do you have in your hand? In other words, God was about to use what Moses have to do his wonders. Not just one time, but again and again. And let's take a look at some of these miracles. To help you to better picture it, I'm going to do some demonstration for you today. First, the staff turns into a serpent. I'm going to demonstrate for you. Are you ready? I'm going to turn this into a serpent. All right? When I throw on the floor, you'll become a... <laughs> you, you'll become a... <laughs> cannot be lunch and meat, right? <laughs> All right. You'll be a serpent. You, know, you must believe it. Okay, of course, you will not. Lah, because first thing first, I'm not Moses. Second, you know, God did not ask me to do it. But I just want you to imagine. Right? Imagine can Alright, just try to imagine. Alright, so, so I'm going to throw this gently because I still need to use it for tomorrow. Okay? <laughs> Alright, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw it on the floor and then you will become a... Oh, very smart. Okay, guys. Alright, let's go. Alright, ready? So what's this? Wow. Well done! <laughs> you got it! <laughs> At this point of time, if you are in my class, I will give you sweets. Alright? <laughs> okay. So you become a serpent, you know, and then this is what God said. All right, Moses, pick it up with your hand by the tear. All right, uh, a shepherd would know you, you don't do it this way because if you pick it by the tear, the head will turn around and, and bite you. All right, but Moses was so scared, he just pick it up and then what's this? Wow, very smart. You must be from BBTC. All right, great. Okay, so you become a staff. What's my point? You see in the desert, you will see serpents all around. And as an experienced shepherd, to pick up a serpent is not, some, is not something new. But the text tells us that Moses ran away from it. Why? Why? It is not the serpent that scared him. It is the turning of what he had, a staff into a serpent that shocked him. I'm quite sure the next time Moses accidentally dropped his staff, it will shock him again. It reminds him of what happened. God was using an object that Moses used 
daily to remind him that whatever you have, I can use it for my glory. Don't ever forget that, Moses. So the question I have for you today is, my brothers and sisters, what is it in your hand? Handphones for some of you, all right? <laughs> but what is it in your hand? Think about it. Think about it. What is it in your hand? Let me put this back. Too many things in my hands. Now fast forward a bit. All right, fast forward a bit. Finally, Moses agreed to return to Egypt. He did the same miracle before Pharaoh and asked him to let the people go. But Pharaoh said no. It was then God sent the ten plates to judge Pharaoh and the Egyptians for all the wrong that they have done to the Hebrew. After given chance after chance to repent, Pharaoh chose not to let them go. It was only at the last plate where the firstborn of the Egyptians were killed all in one night, Pharaoh relented. That night, that special night would have reminded the Egyptians of what they did to the Hebrews' babies 80 years ago. You kill their children, the judgment has come for you. With that, Moses and the Israelites packed up and left Egypt. Shortly after that, Pharaoh realized that it was a mistake. So he took his chariots and then after that chase, after chase, after Moses and the Israelites. The Israelites came to a dead end in front of the Red Sea. We know the story. And God said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me, Moses? Ask the people, go forward. Go forward. And then lift up your stuff. Go forward, lift up your stuff. Stretch out your hand over the sea. Divide it. And the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. The same stuff. Using what you have, Moses. Did it always happen this way? Not really. Because Moses wasn't perfect either. There was a time in Numbers chapter 20 where God told Moses to speak to the rock to bring water out of it, but Moses hid it with his stuff twice. And he was corrected and barred from entering the promised land. It was a huge price to pay. Yet through it all, God walked through with Moses in a journey within for him to know what it means to walk with God in his ways. Psalms 103 verse 7, put it this way, God made known his way to Moses by his deeds to the people of Israel. What does it mean? The people knew what God has done, but only, only Moses knew why and how. But how? By using what you have to serve the Lord. So church, what is it in your hand? What is it in your hand? I remember, I remember once, you know, the first time I bought my car, I told the Lord I would use it to serve my family and His people. 
about two Saturdays ago. After I dropped my family before coming for service, it was around 1 p.m. So I have some time. In the car, I was praying and I was just telling God, maybe I should pick up some of my colleagues, you know, since I have a little bit of time before 2 p.m. Hence, I called one of them and he told me that he will only be here for the second uh, service, which is a 5 o'clock service that Saturday. So it's fine. So I call another sister. I say, can I pick you up? She say, I'm on leave. The best part was I was the one who approved it. <laughs> she must be wondering, wow, call for fun. Right? <laughs> but I really forgot about it. Right? By the time I was already near the church, so I thought, never mind, it's okay. I park and then get ready for service. So I put down my things in the office and was about to go up to the sentry. And then someone called me. I pick up the call. And this is what he said. You know, my car has some problems, you know, so send to the workshop. I'm stuck, cannot get a cab, cannot get a grab. You know, so um, I just wonder, will you be kind enough to come and pick me up because I need to be in church by 2 p.m. He said he thought about me because his workshop is very near my place. Of course, I didn't tell him that, uh, I didn't tell him that I'm, I'm already in church. And then he asked, can I pick him up? When I heard that, I was so happy. Not because that his car broke down, right? <laughs> I was so happy because God heard my prayers. And I gladly pick him up. I gladly pick him up. With their permissions, I share with you this story. The reason is this. When we are willing to let God use what we have, God will direct us to the person in need. I say this again. If we are willing to use what we have for God, God will direct us to the person in need. So, brothers and sisters, have you been using what you have to serve the Lord and others? Exactly what is in your hands, your time, your resources, your skills, your experiences. What has God given you? Are you using it for His glory and helping those in need? I know many of you are already serving. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless you. But I want to encourage those who are still holding back the truth is that God has blessed us with so much. Use it for His glory. Newlyweds are looking for older married couples to journey with them. If someone has journeyed with you when you first got married, why not do likewise for these younger ones? If no one has journeyed with you, you know how it was like. Why repeat it? Come alongside them. The children's church, the youth church, the young adult division are calling for people to step up to lead as leaders. Use what you have. Let's play our part. As a pastor, my burden is this. We don't just come to church to consume. We come here to contribute because this is our church. This is our family. One pastor, one taught me this. When the family needs you, Kogwan, step up. When the family needs you, step up. And I want to challenge you the same. When the family needs you, church, step up. Step up. Give God what you have and allow Him to use them beyond what you can imagine. For the Lord honour those who honour Him. So again, what is it in your hands? Use it for His glory. Now, no condemnation because it's a journey, a journey within, a journey of knowing who you are, using what you have. 
Is that all? Not really. There's something more. Something more that we need in order to finish well in this journey within. That brings us to the last point for the day, seeking what you need. You see, we all have wishes and dreams in life, but sometimes we don't always get what we want. There was a lady who dreamed that she received a diamond necklace for her birthday. She was so excited, so she told her husband about the dream. The husband just smiled. The day came, the wife saw a present on her desk with these words, with love from your husband. She was delighted. She quickly opened the box, hoping to find a diamond necklace. To her surprise, it was a book entitled, What Can You Do When Your Dreams Doesn't Come True? Brothers, don't ever do this. It will be a nightmare for you after that. <laughs> All right. For Moses, it was, it was not a diamond necklace. He saw the people were suffering. He wished to do something for them, but he realized that he needed something more to fulfill their wish. So exactly what does he need? By this time, but the people were very near the promised land. Moses had already acquired and accomplished much. No one could do what Moses did because God had prepared Moses for all this. What do I mean? Let me give you a few examples. A question was asked, why 40 years in the desert before God appeared to Moses in the burning bush? Why not earlier? Was it just to humble Moses? Why 40 years? Why not 10, 20 the fact is this, if not for the 40 years of living in the desert, how would Moses be able to bring 2 million people into the desert, keep them alive and bring them out of desert? Unless he know the desert in and out. The 40 years were needful for Moses. And certainly on the other side of the camp, the Israelites also need that 40 years to get themselves ready. Don't ever forget, Moses also have Joshua. Joshua was still a little boy then. We will talk about him next week. Isn't it true that sometimes we have to go through a long route to realize that without that journey, we might not be able to do what God has prepared for us to do today? Isn't it true? Another example, I mentioned that Moses was the one who wrote the first five books of the Bible. The fact is this, among the two million people, only Moses was well-educated enough to read and to write because the rest were all slaves. Moses was prepared for this, not just learning all the languages, how to read and how to write, but also in leadership. After all, he could be the next pharaoh, he was the prince of Egypt. He needed to be trained in leadership to succeed. But after all the training that he received, he was not called to lead Egypt. But God's people out of Egypt. The training was necessary, needful for Moses. So, what else would Moses need. It seems that like he had everything he needed. Oh, it depends on what God intended to do in the end. You see, the ultimate goal 
is not just to leave Egypt. Don't get this wrong. God is not there just to deliver the people. God has something else in mind. And this is what I believe that God has in mind. He says that now if you obey me fully and keep the covenant, and then out of the, the nations you will be my treasured possessions. Although the whole earth is mine, but you, the Israelite, will be for me a kingdom of priests and the holy nations. Kings and priests. Sounds familiar? That was God's intent. God was about to form a kingdom. God was about to form a nation out of these slaves. Put on your thinking cap with me. To form a nation, then what do you need? What do you need? Let me suggest to you a few. You need freedom. You need freedom. That's why God set them free. You need an army. By them, they already have 600,000 fighting men already to conquer the land. And of course, you also need a land. God will give them the land from the book of Joshua. What else they need? They need laws to govern them. That's where God gave them the Ten Commandments and the law. Finally, they need a king. They need a king. That's why God asked them to build a tabernacle to teach them what it means to approach a holy king. A king that is different from the rest because he's the king of kings. So what else did they need? One more. And that's what Moses asked for. You see the people kept complaining to God it came to a point where God spoke to Moses, if this continued, God might just consume and destroy them. Listen to the heart of Moses. This is what he says. God, if your presence does not go with us, then do not send us from here. How would anyone know that you are pleased with us and your people unless you go with us? We want to please you. What else would distinguish me and your people from all the people of the face of the earth. Moses knew that God has called him to lead, but if God did not go with them, there will be no differences between the Israelites and the rest of the nations. They will be in big trouble. So what do they need? It's not more power, more protection, more providence, more Pardon, but more of God's presence. Isn't it true that what makes a difference between a church and any entities out there is that God is in our midst, that God is with us. And honestly speaking, with strong leadership, with sound teaching, with skillful musicians, with solid infrastructure, with success stories, the church will advance. That's how it works. But what's the point? What's the point if God is not with us? What's the point if the church can advance, but God is not with us? For what? What for? Because serving God must be anchored by the need to seek God first. 
major on the major. A couple of nights ago, I was talking to this brother over the phone in my car. My family were with me, and um, this brother just became a father. We rejoiced with him. So I ended the conversation by saying, if you need anything, you can call me. If I can, I will try to help you. I put out the phone, and my son turned to me and asked me this sincere question. Daddy, how is it possible that you can be there for everybody? How is it possible? I thought about it and I say, not everybody, son. Yeah, this cocoa are very special to daddy. Then my wife added from the back of the seat and say, son, we just serve God knows. But his question started me thinking, how much more can one give and do? That morning, you know, I was doing my quiet time. I was reading the book of Mark. And um, the plan was to finish the book that day. 16 chapters. I was already at chapter 12. And I read this verses. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this love your neighbor as yourself. I told the Lord, I try. I try. I'm really trying. I try. So that's what I wrote in my journal before I read further. Then I read Mark chapter 15. I realized that there was this word that appeared at least eight times and I missed it on over the years. This word is crucified. Crucified. So quickly I highlighted it in grey. It was then the Lord impressed upon me. Son, when I ask you to love me, you say you try. But when I say I love you, I didn't try. I died for you on the cross, crucified. Crucified. Crucified on the cross for me. It did not come to me as condemnation, but I felt a deep love from God that morning. It was like God saying to me, Son, if you need anything, you can call me. You can call me. I won't try, but I will help you. God will supply all that I need in order to serve those in need. Trust me, son. If we have God with us, we have all that we need. If we have the presence of God, that is enough. Moses understood this. And look at how he ended his life, his journey within in Deuteronomy chapter 34. He reads, So, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him, or the signs and wonders that the Lord sent to do in the land of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, Moses learned well in this journey with him. He knew who he was in the end. He was a servant of God. He knew who he was. He has learned to use what he has and God used him to perform signs and wonders. And he knew what he needed. In the end, this is what God said about Moses. This is the one. This is the man I knew face to face. How did that happen? It happened because Moses sought what he needed. The presence of God. I want to meet God face to face. That's what I needed. The presence of God. That's Moses. 
That's Moses. So my brothers and sisters, what do you need? What do you need? What are you seeking after? Do you see your time with the Lord even a need? Or there is not a need at all? Do you seek to be in God's presence daily? Is that why you are in church today? Is that why you tune in online today? Are you seeking God's presence? Or just one click and you're off to do whatever you want to do? Upon dismissal, that's it. That's it for the day. That's it for the week. See you, God, next week. Another message. No condemnation, but what do you seek? Have we been making time to seek the Lord, to make Him face to face? There will be a lot of things to distract us in life, but we need to decide what we really need. And then can I suggest to you lovingly, what we need is the presence of God. What we need is God because life itself is a challenge. But with God, it can be a miracle. Belief. Belief. So as your pastor, may I urge you to seek God with all your heart if you have not been doing so. And when you do that, you will discover that this journey within is worth walking through because God is walking with you. A journey within. A journey of knowing who you are. A journey of using what you have in your hands and a journey of seeking what you need. That's how we learn from the life of Moses. Every step of the way, a journey within. A journey within. Let's pray. Now even as you close your eyes and bow your heads before the Lord, your God who loves you, who died for you, who crucified on the cross for you, ponder about what He has impressed upon your heart today. You see, when the Word of God is preached, God desires for us to respond to Him. We pray for someone here, Mac, even on-site, online, you are not a Christian. I want to... Let you know that God loves you. And God is saying to you today that He wants to journey with you. If you are not a Christian and today you are listening to what has been preached, God wants to say to you, He loves you. He wants to invite you to accept Him as your Lord and Saviour. So, if today you say, I want to get to know this God. I want this God to come into my life. Repeat this prayer after me, whether it's on-site or online. Repeat this prayer after me. If you say, today I want to be a Christian, I want to know this God, repeat this prayer after me, on-site and online. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Please forgive me. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I now turn from my sins and invite you into my life to be my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, Amen. For those who have said the prayer on site or online, I want to encourage you, for those online, go to the 
breakout room later and someone will speak to you and will journey with you. For those on site, if this is your first time praying that prayer, later approach any of the pastors, the prayer ministers, and we would like to journey with you. For the rest now, I want to give you some time to respond to God. Don't let this moment pass. We're going to close the service very soon with a closing song. But let's just linger in the presence of God. The first group are those that something happened along the way. You felt like you are a failure or you did something wrong. You might not have murdered somebody, but you did something wrong. You know and God knows. But don't forget who you are. So I'm just going to give you this moment. Just talk to the Lord. Tell the Lord, Lord, restore me. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm not a failure. I'm not a fool because I choose to believe in you. Lord, you can turn my life around. Just tell the Lord right now. Just tell the Lord on site and online. Just tell the Lord. Ask God to help you to know who you really are. Just tell the Lord. The second group are those who want to serve with what you have in your hands. Just tell the Lord to direct you. Just talk to the Lord right now. It's just between you and the Lord, you and the Lord. Ask God to direct you to the people in need, to the ministry in need. Finally, those who have gone so far away, it's time for you to come back into the presence of God. Ask God, help you to do so. Father, thank you so much for hearing our prayers. We know that you always hear our prayers because you love us. And now even as my brothers and sisters as Arthur, what is upon their hearts to you? Lord, show them that you are real, that you are for real. You're not just the God of Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, but God, you are also our God who will see us through it all. And Lord, as much as you will let us go, help us never, never, never to let you go. We want the presence of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen.